Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. How does Islam play into the end times? Well, I have a brand new series that I want you to listen to a portion of, Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. You're listening right now to Let's Take a Look at the Book. This is an opportunity for you to study prophecy with me. We're only going to study a short portion of this entire series on Ishmael's Islamic invasion. But if you'll take a moment and listen, then I will tell you how you can get your own copy of Ishmael's Islamic invasion. Take a moment with me now. Let's listen. I'll be right back. And they were then going to be divided up. This is what God used to divide them up. Verse 8, so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. They were scattered over all the earth at the time of the days of Peleg, a great-grandson of Noah. So they were scattered. And those people then that went, the people of Cush, went into what we know as modern-day Ethiopia, excuse me, modern-day Ethiopia, Somalia, and Sudan. That's where they went to live at that time. And the hermeneutical principle is, who was the author writing about, and where did they live at the time he wrote? Not where they might have immigrated to, migrated to, but where were they living at that time? So, we now know Cush. Back in chapter 10, verse 6, Cush, Somalia, Ethiopia, Libya. Excuse me, Somalia, Ethiopia, Sudan. All Arab countries. Verse 6 again, and Mizoram, Egypt, the Hebrew word for Egypt. Put, the Hebrew word for Libya. Oh, by the way, verse 8, Cush begot Nimrod, and he began to be a mighty one in the earth. Verse 10, the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Babel, modern-day Babylon, land of Shinar, that is modern-day Iraq, another Arab country. Go over to verse 21. Unto Shem, here's the third son that is being mentioned, Japheth, Ham, Shem. Unto Shem, also the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth the elder, even to him were children born. Verse 22, and the children of Shem, Elam, by the way, I just throw in, that is modern-day Iran. Not an Arab country, by the way. It's an Islamic country, but it is not an Arab country. There is a difference. I'll explain it in just a moment. Then look, Asher and Aphraxid, Lod and Aram. That is modern-day Syria, another Arab country. By the way, this is chapter 10 of the book of Genesis. Ishmael is in chapter 16. Abraham is in chapter 12. Chapter 10 to chapter 12, you can read the genealogy and add up the numbers as good as I can, is 500 years separated. From chapter 10 to chapter 12, 500 years. And who have I mentioned? Sudan, Somalia, Ethiopia, Libya, Egypt, Iraq, Syria. Those are the major players. In fact, those are the major players in Bible prophecy. 
mentioned by name by the ancient Jewish prophets, saying that they would play a key role in end times activities, established 500 years before Abraham comes on the scene. So certainly, those prophecy teachers you've been listening to are incorrect when they say they're all sons of Father Abraham. And certainly those Bible teachers you may have listened to who said the Arab world comes from Ishmael must not be correct. In fact, uh, we'll, we'll skip over chapter 16 for a moment. Go with me to chapter 19. Let me just show you something, additional information about an Arab country. Chapter 19, you know what chapter 19 of Genesis is. Folks, by the way, you ought to be able to click off the chapters of Genesis pretty quickly. Folks, this is important. You know what the modernists, you know what the anti-biblicalists do? They try to make Genesis a myth. It's mythology. They don't want to believe in the literal interpretation of the book of Genesis. If they admit there is a creator, they, the creation, must be subject unto the creator. And if they admit there was a worldwide international flood, universal flood, they admit that that creator can send judgment upon the earth. They don't want that judgment. That's why Genesis, you don't start any place. Every time you look at prophecy, every prophet talks about creation. I'll tell you one who talks about it more than any, it's Jeremiah. He lays out the last days and he says, from the very beginning when God created me. By the way, that lays out the answer on abortion and conception. See, conception doesn't happen at birth. Conception, uh, life doesn't happen at birth. Doesn't happen at conception. It happens in the mind of God in eternity past. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 6, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I chose you. And so that's when it all came into existence that we would have a life. And he talks about Zechariah the prophet. He starts to talk about Jerusalem, chapter 12. It's going to be the focus of the end times, chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. A cup of trembling, a burdensome stone. You know what he says in verse 1? I'm talking for the God who flung the stars into heaven, who put the foundations for the earth, who put the spirit in man. That's creation. So we've got to go back to Genesis. We've got to understand Genesis. We've got to rely upon Genesis to give us the information that's going to give us the base of all of our understanding. So now we go to chapter 19. What's chapter 19? Well, that's the story, the record of Sodom and Gomorrah. The fall of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what I talked about with the angels taking on fleshly habitation, looking as men in chapter 19. But look at the last part of chapter 19. Something interesting happens. Lot, his wife, their two daughters leave Sodom and Gomorrah. The wife, not able to resist, turns around to look back and turns to a pillar of salt. Verse 33. What happened? And they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and laid with her father, and he perceived not when she laid down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I laid yesterday night with my father. Let us make him drunk wine, uh, drink wine this night also, and go thou in, and he with him, and lie with him, that he may perceive, uh, preserve seed of our father. 
And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down or when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. It was an incestuous relationship in a cave on the shores of the Dead Sea after Sodom and Gomorrah had been destroyed. Because these two daughters said, they're all destroyed here. We want the seed of our father to continue. Let's get him drunk. We'll have a sexual intercourse relationship with him, and we will then be impregnated and be able to further the seed. They were both pregnant. They both gave birth. Verse 37, And the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab. And verse 38, and the younger she also bare a son, the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. And so now we see Ammon and Moab. The modern day state of Jordan is divided biblically into three parts. Ammon, Moab, and Edom. Ammon and Moab. The sons, the result of an incestuous relationship between Lot and his two daughters. Moab, that's where Mount Nebo is. If you looked at your biblical map and you looked at Jericho right above the entrance or the top of the Dead Sea and then looked east, those are the mountains of Moab. It was Nebo where Moses came, looked over into the promised land. God gave him the opportunity, great vision, to see all of the promised land that day and then he died and he was buried in the plains of Moab. Ammon would be north of that, up towards the Golan Heights. In fact, here is how it goes when you look at the mountain ranges. I'm giving a bit of biblical geography lesson now, but this is helpful to understand who the Bible is talking about when it talks about these people. You have in the north, the mountains of Hormon. Now, that's a mountain range. It's not one mountain itself. It's a mountain range. Then coming south, you have the mountains of the Golan Heights. The word golden is used four times in the Bible. Bashan is the biblical name. It's used 53 times in the Bible, and it's talking about the Golden Heights. The Golden Heights are in great dispute as to who controls them, who should have them today. And you have to go way back in Bible history to find out the origins of the Golden Heights. And then from uh, about the southern tip of the Sea of Galilee, all the way down about 90 miles to the northern tip of the Dead Sea, those would be the mountains of Gilead. That's what Ammon would have taken over. And then from the mountains of Gilead, about the top of the Dead Sea, to the southern end of the Dead Sea, would be the mountains of Moab. And then from the mountains, excuse me, from the bottom of the Dead Sea to the Red Sea, south would be the mountains of Edom. Now who is Edom? You've been listening to a portion of a series entitled Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. I talk about Satan's dominion strategy, Ishmael's true legacy, Islam's satanic trio, the Islamic invasion, and Islam, the final solution. These studies on this five-part audio series on CD is available to you. You can call our toll-free number and our people will tell you how you can purchase your copy. The toll-free number is for all across America and that number is 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and you can order this series entitled Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. 
I can guarantee this, as you study through this five-part series, you're going to become aware of the fact that we are living in the last days, the days that Jesus Christ will return to this earth. But remember, seven years before he comes back to the earth, the rapture takes place and we're caught up to be with him. By the way, the rapture could happen at any moment. And having said that, there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...